If you are an HR professional, business owner, or at the operations level trying to understand what people want, you may be struggling. Our systems have been shocked, practices have been questioned, and culture is the leading conversation. Let's learn how culture is created, sustained, and why it should be the leading conversation when discussing hiring, training, and retention. This is the foundation of any business, and it's time to address it. So tune in to Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. We tackle topics that influencers of change need to understand and struggle to overcome every day, such as where to start and what the new workforce wants and how to attract and keep positive momentum going. I'm your host, Leanne Lovely. Barb Walla is an entrepreneur, wife, mom, and grandma who has made a career out of helping others with their careers. After a career in corporate HR, she decided to turn her helping into a business. Starting part-time January 2019 and then leaving her corporate position and starting full-time September of 2019. She has learned more in the last three years than she did in the 30 years prior. Barb, I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you for joining me. I am so happy to be here. So why don't we jump right in? Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I always love starting with that. I am a mom. I'm a grandma, which I'm going to put like, I should have said that first because that seems higher priority right now. He's <laughs> nine months old. Um, I have been married to the same man for 35 years, which I see as a great accomplishment. Uh, I have been in HR for years and years, was corporate HR manager. And three years ago, almost to the day, I decided to open my own business and use all of the knowledge that I had learned over the years to help people trying to find a job. How, you know, why can't I get the interview? Why isn't anyone looking at my resume? So that is my joy to try to help people figure that out and, and find their career, find their home. That's awesome. So I have a couple of things to congratulate you on. First, being married to the same individual for, you said, 35 years? Yeah, I like to tell everyone I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> as long as you say he was 14, too, because if you say he was older, then it gets weird. But yes, that's it's true. <laughs> yeah. That's... I was only 21, but you know. You're still a baby at 21. You know, you get to an age where you realize 21, you're still a baby. But, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulate on, congratulations on that because that is that it's unfortunate, but it is a rarity to have been with the same and be married for 35 years. So congratulations on that. Congratulations for being a grandma to a nine month old. Is that your first grandchild? Yes. Can't you tell? Because I'm so oh, over the top enthusiastic. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Um, so do you, do you have one child, you know, how are you a mother to how many? Hey, see, look how I forgot about my children once <laughs> I had a grandchild. Um, so we were, um, just blessed with two. So we have our daughter who's the oldest and she is the one that gave us baby Theo. Well, she and her husband, um, and then I have a son who actually just got married. It'll be three weeks. Um, so he and his new bride. Yep. Wow. So congratulations on having another child, basically, entering yes. into the family. So you've got a lot to celebrate. Wow. And yes. then another congratulations on making it three years as a business owner and, you know, entrepreneur. So you've got a lot of stuff going, a lot of, a lot of celebration. Yeah, I feel very, very fortunate because when I used to work with financial representatives and hire them for their careers, I would always tell them that three years was the magic mark. If you can make it three years because they were building their businesses, their book of business, whatever it was, um, you're good. You were golden. You were good to go. So I have to remind myself that I'm good now. Right. I'm, I'm good to go. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm training an, a new um, employer right now, and I keep reminding her that, you know, it's in the beginning, it's going to be. And again, this is in my professional this you know this my podcast my side hustle but in my professional you know career I, I always have to remind her that it's it's going to be tough it's going to be you're going to mm -hmm. have really bad days you're going to but if you can make it through until you have that first really awesome win and you feel that especially in the staffing industry um 
it, it gets to be those heavy days where you're like, oh my gosh, like I just can't make anything work sometimes. Um, but you're right for the financial industry. I would not, I wouldn't make it in that. Um, no, I don't know how I've made it in the HR industry though. (laughs) Right. See, I, HR is not what I planned for my life, but it's where I landed. And now I totally can't imagine myself doing anything else. Um, but yeah, that was not, you know, when I was, 16, 17, 18, trying to figure out what to go to school for, HR was not on the list at nope. all. Nope. No, I was um, what I was going to be an accountant. Then I was going to be a computer programmer. And um, I never, and I figured after I made it through 2008, I was in it for life. <laughs> right. Oh, and yet the thing was, I didn't even know how bad it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have a lot to compare it to, but yeah. You're right. You make it through that. And, and, but going through 2021 and currently recruiting and hiring people, um, is, has been interesting as well. So, because I still do that, not only do I help individuals one-on-one, I've been fortunate enough to be able to continue to have contracts with small employers. So I still get to look at resumes, which I know that helps me with my one-on-one coaching, but boy, it's tough to find good employees right now. So let's let's talk about that. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit more about you know your the one on one coaching that you do. But um, you you um your your business is is BW Executive Coach LLC, and tell me a little bit about you know what you do and how you help individuals. So I have two sides to the business. So I tend to call myself a career journey coach because I do help people professionally. So I have three clients that I work with that I help fill roles that they have. Mm -hmm. I do all their recruiting for them from sourcing candidates to interviewing them, you know, um, and that whole gamut, which is what I've done for years. But then I also which will, I will say, this is my favorite part, get to do the one-on-one coaching. And I always start the one-on-one coaching. And I know people don't like the assessments and the tools and all those things, but I start with those um, normally. We don't talk a lot about them during the one-on-one coaching. I'll email a little bit about them, but I always want to use the one-on-one coaching for like literally talking about what it is that they want to do. Um, make sure that they're following what they really want to be doing. What I have been finding is that I have had three younger gentlemen in a row that find themselves in a transition where they don't like what they're doing and they want to do something else. And when it comes down to it, they are doing what their family wants them to be doing. They are doing like Um, one of the gentlemen, he's into photography and videography and his parents, accountants, teachers, that's what they wanted him to do. So master's degree, worked in a law office, miserable, just miserable. Um, So I just help, you know, get some clarity around what they feel like their purpose is and then work with them on that. And if that involves redoing your resume and helping you on LinkedIn and networking and interviewing if you don't have the interviewing skills then then that as well but the one-on-one coaching ends up being um, confidence building Mm -hmm. is what I normally find Um, and I I just really really enjoy it because I help people see the things that are already there that are already in them and they know that it's in there but they just haven't used it for so long or just are afraid to use it because that that old place is comfortable so. Right. And, you know, it's it's so natural for somebody who has spent a career in recruiting and retention and employee relations to fall into that or not. I shouldn't say fall because it's not like you can just fall in and be a f- perfect. It's it's a lot of work. But to, you know, become an entrepreneur like yourself in, in coaching individuals. So, a.k.a. fall into the coaching um, like I'm not trying to belittle that. It, and make it sound like it's easy, but, um, but to end up in, you know, on the path that you're in, because, you know, I get those all the time. Can, 
somebody will come to me and say, you know, I have a niece or a nephew who don't know, or I have a son or a daughter who don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. Will you talk to them? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure. I, I absolutely yeah, I can know. talk to them. I, I can talk to them about what they've done in the past. I can talk to them about where they see themselves in the future. But in order for, you know, that's not how I'm paid. <laughs> you know, I can do it as a, in a courtesy to people in my network, friends of mine, but there's only so much that I can do if I'm not actually spending a lot of time with this individual. I can mm-hmm. lay out the way the world is, the way the world works. And, but for somebody to finally really get there on what they want to be when they grow up, you have to, you, you got to figure out what it, you know, what's wrong with what they're doing now. What do they yeah. like and what they don't like? Where do they see themselves and where do they see themselves in five years? Where do they not see themselves? You know, all of yes. those, all the ins and outs of those. So, you know, your your progression, your path that you have found yourself on is, um, I think it's it's a very natural, it makes sense as to mm-hmm. how you how you've ended up where you are. Now it's, and again, I'm not minimizing, it is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Entrepreneurship Correct. is not easy. I work for another business. <laughs> I am not, you know... I love to talk to entrepreneurs and dream about one day maybe doing that. But so you had made a comment about, you know, obviously with the pandemic, the onset of the pandemic, it's been tough. There's Mm -hmm. been changes. And with that, we have seen individuals more than ever decide, I don't want to be a lawyer or I don't want to be an accountant or I don't want to do what mommy and daddy always envisioned me doing I want to do what I want to do do you think that a lot more people are finally deciding that because they've either had the time to sit around and realize I'm not happy or because it's just the shift that the world you know it's, it's just what is happening in the world yeah well I think that unfortunately all of us had like a little smack in the face of people were dying. And if this happens to me, is this what I'm doing right now? Does this matter? Does this matter to my family? Does this, am I making an impact, you know, in my community or, and people just, yeah, they're just seeing things differently. And it's, that's been fantastic, I think, because people are being more intentional and I love that. I want you to be more intentional. Think of how many hours you spend, you know, in your career, in your work day, do something that you love to be doing. Cause that's a horrible situation to be in. Cause I've been there where you're in a toxic work environment and the world around you isn't great. And, um, let's just take a step back and see what I can do to make myself happier, make my family happier, you know? So yeah, it's been a lot of that. And and what you spoke of with the helping the niece and the nephew and can you help my that is exactly how I got into this. You like said it because you know, when someone's like, can you just help me with my resume? And I did it for years. And then I started just charging a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I think this needs to be my career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. And because of the, because of the position that you held, because of. Correct. Because the respect that people had for you in your network, you found people, more and more people are coming to you. Hey. Yeah. And again, you like me are the kind of person that's if, Hey, I'll extend an olive branch, but there's only so far that you can me. There's only so far I can take that where I go, okay, well this isn't for me revenue generating unless you want me to find you a job through my, you know, company, you know, now there have been times where I've said I am more than willing to be your mentor but you have to take the initiative the young generation however they don't take the initiative I have started to realize that I have said to multiple people if you would like to regularly call me as you're working through this call me they never call back no they don't what would they text yeah would they text you they don't want to call Big fear. But 
even even the text message, you know, I'll have a an hour long conversation with somebody, go through their resume, talk to them about what they I said, hey, do you have any other questions? I'm always available to talk to you. Do you think that wh- why do you think that is in the younger if in my younger days, somebody would have offered that to me? I would have been all over that. Yeah, I so um I'm not a boomer. I'm very close to being a boomer, but I'm not there. So I'm the Gen X. Um, I don't understand the disease at all. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials, I can understand. So like the younger millennials, um, I just had this conversation with one of our friends um, and I said, they were just asking about the market and if you look at the numbers, two to three million people took early retirement with mm-hmm. COVID. Yep. And we knew that that was going to happen a little bit later, though, years mm-hmm. down the line, because you could look at the boomers and you were like, how are we ever going to replace the workforce with what we're going to lose? Well, it happened earlier. Right. And now we're still down a million. And people are like, what's going to happen? Where? And I think to myself, well, we didn't birth enough babies to just have, you know, cover it. Right. So that's just, that's just the fact of life. And, and this new generation where they want to be on YouTube making money or influencers, or they sell a product or whatever it is, and they don't want to go to work to, you know, they don't want to go into a retail store. I mean, I think back to when I first did get married at 21 and I worked full-time at a bank and part-time at a retail store. And I just can't imagine, and I know that's, I don't want to make a blanket statement ever um, because there are people out there, young people who do want to go to college and have that, you know, nine to five job with flexibility, mm-hmm. potentially working from home because people see, you know, how good that is. I don't know about the returning calls or, you know, when I'm interviewing someone and I think they're such a great candidate and they're 20 and one of the um, companies I work for, he's a distributor. So I need truck drivers and merchandisers and things like that. And these are great jobs for someone who is just starting out and they don't want to go to tech school or to college. And I think I have this great conversation and they don't show up for the face-to-face interview or they don't. And that just didn't happen 20 years ago when I was recruiting. It just did not. And somewhere we failed to teach these young people just common respect. It is just really how how do you not show someone respect? Someone like you who took an hour to talk with them and yes, I will do all these things and then you hear nothing. Um, yeah, so it's, I wish I could figure it out because I think if I could figure it out, I'd make a lot of money because it's the question everybody's asking. Right, well, and, and I, you know, there was a time that the only way that you could communicate with somebody was through a phone that was hanging on the wall. And I'm old enough to remember that, um, you know, the generation that exists now, they, they never experience that unless their grandparents still have a phone hanging on the wall. And even the majority of grandparents do not have phones hanging. I, I'm pretty sure that, no, I mean, even my grandma and my grandpa eliminated phones. They no longer had a house line. They even, mm-hmm. they even them went to sell phones. So I'm p- quite certain that the younger generation do not remember a phone hanging on the wall. But there was a time that that was the only way to communicate quickly or write a letter. And, you know, I, I their email was not a quick way because you still had to go home and then have your phone dial up. Beep. Oh, that noise. Just, just, <laughs> As you're saying it, I'm like, I can hear it in my head. Right, right. And then and then get access to your email. Um, so you, you weren't actively, you know, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was 18. And 
you weren't text messaging because, you know, you had to hit, you know, the one, two, three button like three or four times to get, <laughs> you know. And you couldn't afford it because you had limited data. Correct. I mean, it was like, Cap, your dad, like I text like five or I, what I had like 30 text messages a month or something. And then if I went over, <laughs> so there was, it, I don't know that it was respect. It was, it was more like, well, I have to go here to talk to this person or I need to call them and tell them. And so it was more of a ingrained, like this is the way that the world communicates. Now we have a generation that's coming up and the way that they have learned to communicate is through uh Hey, how are you doing? Good. Well, okay. Good. What do you mean? What do you, what does that mean? You're, you're, you're good. Like you're, you're anything else you want to, you want to <laughs> right? And you have people elaborate, right. And you have, and, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sitting in my lower level. My husband's on the upper level and I'll text him and be like, Hey, what do you want to do for dinner? <laughs> I am guilty of that, okay? It's sometimes I don't feel like getting up and running upstairs and having a discussion. But you have people sitting in the same room texting each other. And it's like, okay, wait, this is not a form of communication. In my household, there is no technology at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have, as a society, lost the human, I guess, that human side of communication, and a generation has come up living in technology in a way that is a little different for me, for you, for anybody who's of the generation that grew up with dial-up and phones hanging on a wall. So I guess maybe along with that, some of the respect and some of the etiquette. I mean, and speaking of etiquette, I, I read a book on etiquette growing up. When you get a present, you write a thank you note. You know, yes, that's I'm quite certain that that is just not the way that these younger generations think. And you can't criticize if they've never been taught. Right. And that's the difficult thing for for people in our position. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I feel like we failed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said it that way because how did you learn the etiquette and to write the thank yous and to, you know, like my mom, it was uh, ironically my son-in-law's mom, when the, her kids were little, they had to write thank yous before they could play with the gift. So um, she would like, they get their birthday presents, they would be lined up and then they had to write a thank you. And if they wrote that, thank you, they could have that gift. So of course my, my um, son-in-law at the time, he would write, thank you for that one gift. And then he'd play with that for a while. And then it'd be like, okay, I'm bored. I think I need to write a thank you for the next one. Right. So I can have that. But you know what, who, who did that? It was, you know, so that's why somewhere along the line, that respect of someone has done something for you, you need to, you know, show them the respect. And, and then, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, right. Are they right. getting, are they getting unemployment? Are they still living at home? And, their parents aren't making them pay for things. I don't know. Cause I would have at, at 2021, I would have needed to have money to pay for things. So, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is that there was no free ride. And I feel <laughs> at all, I mean, starting from the day that I could go to work and I started working when I was like, I don't know, like 12, maybe. Yeah. About 12. I was mowing three lawns. I was, getting a paycheck, not a paycheck, you know, cash. My dad would take that money from me. He would put half of it in my bank account, which I did not have access to. And he would give me the other half and I could spend that money or I could save that money. Then, but then as I got older, I would get a paycheck from, you know, when I turned 15 or whatever the age is 16, when you could actually work and I would be required to put half of that in my bank account and I could have the other half. And I got a job as soon as I could get a job. I mean, there was no, 
oh, you don't have to work until you go to college or you don't have to work through college. I'll pay for everything. Where's the work ethic? Right. Where's the responsibility? And I will tell you that when I look at resumes of people who have never worked a day in their life until they graduated with a degree, I go, wait, what? What What do you mean you've never you've never worked? Not one job. How how am I going to pitch you with a degree, but you've never walked into an office environment and worked a day in your life? Yeah. I mean, again, this is not their fault. How do we blame that person if that's the way they were raised right and this is the generation that we are raising so it's an interesting conundrum we've gone on a tangent so let's go back to you let's talk about your let's talk about your coaching so tell me about some of the individuals you know what do they come to you with what are they looking for help with um you know, you had kind of talked about one individual. Mm-hmm. How do you help them find their path? Yeah. So um, I'll just continue with that gentleman. Um, the the one that worked in the lawyer's office for so long. So his he's extremely creative. So yeah, he has his master's degree. And he can be very organized, but he loves to do photography. He paints like, you know, um, beautiful paintings and does drone footage. So he does the videography and and just very creative, which is the total opposite of sitting in a lawyer's office, you know, um, doing work together, putting, putting, you know, doing paralegal work, doing just a host of things. So um, anyway, I worked with him for months for him just to see that what he is passionate about, he can make money doing. Mm -hmm. So I've been fortunate enough to have the networking group that I do. So I could set him up with someone who has her own art studio. And how did she, how did she take those paintings that she had? And how is she making a living? And someone who does videography, and now he actually has his own um, studio, and he does videos for entrepreneurs and different things like that, but it started out different and how, you know, how did that go? And he does drone things and different. So I can't speak to it. I can't tell you how to, because no one would want to purchase anything that I paint, but um, I, you know, have had the opportunity to meet these people so I can connect them. And, you know, slowly he was getting into, his stuff is getting into art galleries and he's setting stuff up at festivals and somebody asked for something and realized it's just little bits and he's making money to, does he maybe need to go get a part-time job to help, you know, to have a little bit of a cushion? Probably, but choose where you want to have that part-time job. So is that part-time job in the studio? Um, you know, making enough so that you can make your mortgage payment and all the things. Cause I never want someone to be foolish. Unfortunately, the job that he had, um, I wouldn't say he was terminated. They, they did a big change and he knew it was time to go. So he kind of left before he was, it was a host of different things, but, um, so it just gave him the opportunity to like, either, are you going to go back into it just so that you're getting the paycheck or are you going to start to do some of these things that are, giving you joy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so he's probably going to have to do something. So that was that instance. And then I've had just recently, um, a young lady who was positive, she was going to have to leave the company that she was at because she was managing people and hiring people in to do her job while she managed them, you know, because she was going up a level and hiring them in at a higher pay than she was making. And managing them. And then managing them. I just wish you guys could see Leanne's face right now. Um, But yeah, so she was like, I'm going to have to quit. So we started down that path a little bit. But then in reality, she absolutely loves where she worked. She loved the people that she worked with. There was like um, stockholders and board meetings and different things. And I'm like, did you bring this to the committee? Did you? So she did all that. And she got a fantastic raise. 
she's living her best life. She's just beside herself because she's so it totally took a different turn. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I've heard those stories before where all of a sudden management goes, wait, I'm sorry, you're not making this. Yes. And and the person goes, well, yeah. And they go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Well, we'll just increase your pay. <laughs> Yeah, where well, some, sometimes management doesn't real, especially when you are when you are in like an HR type role, because HR manages that stuff and they mm -hmm. don't they don't realize like, oh, we're severely underpaying the person who's managing all of the levels of pay. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee, that's embarrassing. Right. Well, and when she brought it to their attention and she said, I can't, I can't continue to do, to do this. And I, she could just quit because she was fortunate enough to have a spouse who, you know, they could do that. Not everybody can do that. Right. Um, but she, she was like, I very much enjoy what I'm doing. I can make 30,000 more doing what I'm doing if I just go so I could quit and go someplace else. Right. And then I could come back and you would hire me from the pay that I want. So why would you, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, so it turned out that she was able to stay. That doesn't always happen. Um, you know, I have two other people that I'm working with and they both want to leave where they are and the company knows that they want to leave. So mm -hmm. really it's just they haven't done any interviewing and not real good at networking. Ironically, they were like, both of them separately, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm really not good at networking. And I said, okay, well, you need to stop thinking that because I'm an introvert and I love networking because it's one-on-one -on -one conversations. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Conversation. You have to stop thinking of it as networking is opposed to relationship building. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build this relationship with this person. And, um, you know, I was taught early on that when you're talking with someone, find out what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation always goes, and then they'll say, well, what could I do for you? Instead of you going into it, like I'm coming out with five names so that I can, you know, get, I can get coaching clients and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I just never go into things like that. You know, and it's so. funny. It's funny that you say that because that's what the the pressure that bosses that didn't do networking used to say, okay, you're going to go to this networking meeting and you're going to go in there and you're going to bring back five leads. And that's how they would set up these people who had never networked before. So you had these, these people who would walk in like a bull in a china shop and be like, okay, I'm going to get five sales from this. And they'd walk around a room and just be like, hi. I'm Leon Lovely and I have staffing services to sell. I really need you to buy my staffing service. And and everybody would be like, run away from that girl. She's trying to sell. <laughs> right? Right? Stay away. Uh, right. Uh, right. And then um, and, and when I first started going to networking meetings long, long, long ago, that was how I thought you were supposed to go into a networking meeting. Nobody told me like, here's how you network. Um, and then when someone, <clears throat> excuse me, when fi somebody finally said like, no, 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 no. Stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> the light bulb went off and I went, oh, like I, I can just come here and be like myself and just talk with people and build relationships and, and maybe make a friend here and there and pass leads yeah. and connect people. And like, it doesn't have to be this horrifying <laughs> horrifying thing that I'm doing they're like yeah like oh that makes it so much easier <laughs> yeah it's like a cocktail party right I can just go you know have a conversation with someone right yeah much yeah. easier right but there are there there's people out there that you know especially especially managers who are managing a team and they don't know what networking and, and I've seen this happen. They don't understand the idea of networking. So they're like, go to this networking meeting and bring back five leads. <laughs> like, and I just I just, you know, again, I've seen it happen and I just kind of shake my head like, oh, this yeah. is going to be disastrous. This person's going to 
person's going to burn out really quick and hate networking really fast. Yeah. And I worked with a gentleman who still owns the company and he's still, he's in his seventies. So um, he didn't understand networking at all. He firmly believed that if any of his employees were going to a networking event, it was because they were trying to get a job. So he did, he did not allow us like to belong to different groups where we could go on our lunch hours or do different things, you know, like that. It was very, he's a little, he's, he's a little bit of a control freak. Um, What I am going to say about him though, as I'm talking about this and thinking back to the conversation with the texting people in the same room at the corporate office, we were not allowed to email each other. That's nice we had to get up and walk to that person and talk to them. When I first started working for him, that was so foreign to me because the other office that I had been in, I could be sitting in one office and the other person could be across the hall and I would send them an email, you know? Um, But yeah, it wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to email the people. And can I tell you some of the places, some of the corporate places that I've helped or small businesses that I've helped the miscommunication between an email um, when everyone's in the same office and then and I would see it because I'd be copied on it and I'm like get off your butt and go talk to the person because this whole employee culture thing is not working when you have 25 people in the office and you guys are emailing each other so I am going to give him credit for that one thing you know here's what I hate And I'm guilty of this occasionally. You email somebody in the office. Then you stand up and walk over to them and say, I just emailed you. (laughs) Did you read it? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) What do you you think of my email I just sent you? (laughs) I used to be guilty of that all the time. And I remember one of my bosses finally saying, yes. I was sitting around waiting for you to email me so I could read it immediately. And then I kind of went, oh, shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oops. Okay. Gotcha. I'm going to go back to my desk now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't do that anymore. But, yes, if you are working in the same office, like, unless it's you're forwarding an email or you're just stand up and go over and say, Hey, do you have have like two minutes? I just have to go over something with you. Yes. Like why, why are we, but here's another funny one. I, I am two offices away from my boss and yesterday I'm sitting in my office and I look at my phone and my boss is calling me and I pick it up and he goes, I said, hello. And he goes, Oh, you're in the office. Aren't you? I said, yep. I'm two doors down. (laughs) So, you know, there are times. Well, these days, you never know if someone's going to be in their office or not. Right. But he was hearing the echo. He's he, like, oh, right. that's echoing. He immediately <laughs> heard the echo. And then he's like, well, now I'm on the phone. So I'm just going to continue to stay in my seat and talk to you. But I could hear him through the phone and, and- out my door. <laughs> so anyway, OK, sorry. I just thought I would throw that in there. But yeah, communication. I am my I remember you know, there were days where I was on the phone constantly. I mean, I had a phone glued to my ear. You know, I used to do phone interviews, right? And then yeah. my, my brother would call me and I'd be like, hey, like, I love you, but can we not, like, yes. let's not talk on the phone. Let's let's schedule a time to do lunch and be in person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I am 100% an in-person person. So, obviously, you know, this whole COVID thing, like, drove me crazy. However, with the onset of COVID came technology that changed all of our lives. It, it existed. It just wasn't used as much. Right. That's Zoom, Teams, and all of these things where you don't have to hold a phone up to your, like, you and I are sitting here, Zoom, having a conversation, looking at each other in the face, and being able to communicate in a way that has still got some humanness to it because you can see facial expressions. Mm-hmm. 
So how did that, I mean, did that, well, first of all, let me back up. You started your three years ago, we established that, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that was in like right, right before. Yeah, yeah it pandemic. was great. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. And you were still working part-time when you started your business. Is that correct? Or no? No. When I actually started it where I was actually charging people, January of 2019. Okay. And September 29th, 2019, not that I remember that date for any reason, was my last corporate bye-bye. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I had a good six-month run of having my majority of one-on-one clients. Um, and then everything kind of hit the fan and, you know, it was hard cause it was like, I wasn't going to feel sorry for myself because there were so many things worse going on. And, um, but it did, I, I was able to get the corporate contracts or the small business ones where people still needed to hire people because they, um, they were still all working, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Um, and then once people understood their transition of maybe they're not going to have their job anymore or they didn't like their job probably took a good year before my one-on-one picked up to where I was comfortable. Like I was having, you know, a couple here and a couple there. Um, but yeah, cause people were just like, they stayed where they were. They weren't going to look for anything because nobody knew what was going to happen. Right. It's like, am I still going to have a job? Am I not going to have a job? You know, what's, what's going to happen. Um, and thank a lot in a lot of businesses, I, not a lot, but businesses did close. Right. So, um, you know, that's understandable. And actually I'm seeing some businesses are closing now and it's still the effect of COVID. So, right. Um, but fortunately for those people who want to continue working and not retire, there's plenty of jobs. Right. So, oh yeah, there's going to be plenty of jobs for, I think years to come because yes. of once you what you mentioned earlier which was what the three million of retirees but I think that this statistically speaking um they they determined that over five million people left the job market um during and and I'm sure there still are so that number is probably even higher now but over five million people dropped out of the job market and I'm sure that's some of that accounts for deaths but um, some people um, decided not to go back to work Um, Mm -hmm. retirements early retirements a lot of women at that time decided not to go back to work because of the state of the school systems and not knowing what they were going to do and all of you know I'm sure that some women now are but women and women of minorities were the the highest um, impacted in in all of that. So yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of vacancies for I, in my personal opinion, for years to come. That oh yeah, companies yep. will continue to hire and or try to hire for. So yeah, and people back in the day when I would look at a resume and you weren't staying somewhere for two to three years and you were hopping around, I really dismissed the resumes. We can't anymore. People are moving around and, and, you know, I have older people who, and by older, I mean, 50s, 60s who own these companies and they're like, Oh, they, they skip around too much. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter anymore. The hard part is when you bring somebody into your business, there's always a cost. I mean, there's the cost of the interviewing and the hiring, but it's the training once they get there and all of those things. And we, no one wants to invest that time in you and then have you leave in six months. Correct. But these employees are like this, I can go down the road and I can get a dollar more. So right. then they just leave and they just don't care. Companies so. don't understand that they have to, it is now on them. It is now their responsibility to retain that employee and yep. that they have to, they have to change with the times. Yep. If, if we don't have a, we don't have a, a, you know, people say I have a hiring problem. No, 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 you don't. If you are interviewing people, 
and you are seeing a track, especially if you're working with a staffing agency or you're working with a consultant, independent person who is helping you and they're finding people for you. Mm -hmm. And you are saying, um, you know, I have a, a hiring problem. You know, people come in, they work for me for four months and then they go away. You don't have a hiring problem. You have a culture or retention problem and yes. retention problem directly means that you have a culture problem. Companies don't realize that if they are not retaining employees, that has nothing to do with a hiring problem. Yeah. That has that that's related yeah. to and, and companies constantly are saying to me, "Well, you know, we just can't pay more, so we can't keep people." No. No, no, no. Sorry, but employees do not leave jobs majority of employees do not leave jobs for money employees only start looking for new jobs if they are unhappy for some other reason in their current job right and i have heard more and more benefits as you know a driver i talk to a lot of com or a lot of employees that that hey my benefits are just too expensive mm -hmm. but again people don't start to you know they don't open up the hood and start looking you know into the all of this stuff if they are extremely happy, it, it's just they don't. No, people will. Make, that's true. Yeah, you you don't you don't you don't open up the hood and start poking around at your engine if your car is running perfectly great. You only open that hood if there's, you know, if it's making noise. Right. If there's right. something that's just not right, and yeah. then you start looking at. How much am I paying for benefits? How much am I getting paid? How much vacation time do I have? And then, you know, if you ask them, why are you leaving? Well, you know, that job is going to pay me more. But it's on the company's responsibility to say, why did you originally start thinking about looking? Yeah. And how many companies do you know nowadays that do an exit interview? Oh, we, uh, the last company that I was at, we weren't allowed to do exit interviews Correct. because he said, I don't care what they have to say anyway. They're disgruntled. They don't want to be here. But I have the story of one of my friends who they always got a bonus every year and the end of 2021, they didn't get a bonus. And then at the beginning of 2022, they were all asked to refer people to come work there. And that the people that they were referring, they should let them know that there was a hiring bonus. They weren't giving the employee who worked there, but they were going to give the new people that they were hiring. Not only were they going to start them at more, but they were going to give them a hiring bonus. So guess what? She's not there anymore. Right. That's a kick in the teeth. And she had been there for 12 years. That's a big F you. I don't care about you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you're right. When these when these employers are so upset because um, their employees are not happy, you know, and and they're leaving, they need to look at themselves. And you wouldn't have as many positions to fill if you were treating the people that you have well. Because guess what happens when you have employees that you've had for a long period of time? They know more about the company than just their job. They always do. Mm -hmm. And you get faster at your job over time. It just happens because mm -hmm. you know better and you can always take on more responsibilities. So pay them well. Right. And then they don't mind the extra responsibilities. Right. So that's my TED talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely. Jeez. Some of the things that companies do, I, I am flabbergasted. My yeah. boss, my boss once said to me, um, he said, and this is a great learning experience. This is a great, this is something that any great boss knows. He says, you always spend the most time with the best employees. Mm. He says, you, you don't, you don't go and spend all your time with the employees that are, are struggling. And he goes, obviously you spend time with them to coach them. And, but you always make a point to dedicate the most time to those who are the most important. Yeah. They, because they need to know that they are important to, you know, you need to let them know, like, you are important to me. And so often those people who are excelling at the company, 
are forgotten about because their manager goes, well, they don't need my help anymore. And then all of a sudden that employee that's excelling feels like, well, God, you know, my manager never really talks to me, never really. And they, they become forgotten about. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually they're so forgotten about because everybody's like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't need us anymore. That that gives them time to become unhappy and eventually leave. Yeah. If you have an awesome employee that's doing a great job and, you know, just rocking it, you should be checking in on that employee and making sure that if do you need anything from me, is there anything I can do to help you be more successful? Or is there anything that you need? You know, is there anything I'm doing that's pissing you off? Like that should be like number one, you want to retain the best employee. That's right. I just don't understand yeah. why more managers don't get that. I don't know. And when you, when you sit in on a meeting, when I used to sit on the meetings, you know, for corp, they were always talking about, let's look at our, at our numbers. Who's in the pipeline? What candidates do we have? Blah, blah, blah. Why do we never talk about our current employees? What is this one doing? Oh, look at, you know, um, she just brought us this great thing. How can we, you know, show her, that we appreciate what she's doing. When is the last time she's had a review? Who, because I'm going to tell you, one of the companies asked me to do an employee engagement surveys. And when I started them, cause I always do those face to face. I could not get over how long some of the people had been working there. They had not had a review and they hadn't had a raise. And I'm like, why are you still here? I didn't say that out loud. Right. But a lot of the reason they were st- still there was because they liked everyone that they worked with and it was close to home. So, um, you know, those were big things. But those employee engagement surveys, I personally don't recommend sending them out like a survey monkey or something. I like doing them face to face because you get the facial expressions. You can find out they're scared to tell you something because they think you're going to go back and tell the boss. And um, all those different things. That's probably one of my favorite things to do for companies is the employee engagement um, surveys. But anyway, um, yes, appreciate your employees, people. Appreciate yeah. what you have, you know. Well, Barb, you are a wealth of knowledge, and I could continue to talk to you for the next two hours. Um, I feel like I've been on a tangent this entire time. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. HR. That's, I love to yes. talk HR. <laughs> yes. The, H, the HR tangents. Yes. So, um, I want to get to the, the question of the season. <clears throat> yes. If you could go back to your younger self and give yourself advice, when would you go back and what advice would you give yourself? That is a good question. Um, I'll start by saying I'm always a firm believer that the path that you're on, there's a reason that all those things happened because it, you know, helps and gives you the knowledge for, for where you are right now. But if I had to go back, I would probably tell myself as a young mom um, that it was okay that I was only working three days a week, you know, um, 18 hours a week, whatever it was at that time because my husband worked second shift. So I could, it afforded me the ability to actually be an office manager, work for an accountant, you know, do the different things that I did when my kids were little. Um, and it was okay that I didn't work full-time. It, it was perfectly okay that I didn't work full-time. That was the choice that I made. And, and I would just, cause I was, I was panicked back then. Like if I don't work full time now and then the kids get older, what am I going to do? And what, and it all, it all worked out. It all worked out well. So that was, that's the thing that I would say. Um, I, so that's the end of that answer. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to just tell you that I had such an extra, um, I'm trying to think of the word, just, appreciation for those mothers that were making the hard decision to leave their careers to stay home because during COVID, because it would wreck me that somehow their job wasn't as important as their husband's. But at the end of the day, with the people that I talked to, it came down to who made more money, who who was the bringing in the, 
majority of funds and who it was it easier for them to leave their position. Um, why that, you know, 95% of the time turned out to be the women. That's a whole different conversation, mm -hmm. but um, they'll, they'll be okay too. If they, you know, if they want to go back, especially in this environment, you know, having a gap in your resume is not a big thing. It never was for me. I don't know if that's because I'm a woman. So then I would see someone would have, you know, a couple of years where they stayed at home. Let me tell you, when you stay at home as a mom and you're running your house, hello, that is CEO, COO, you know, you want those women. Mm -hmm. Having having a, a mom who's working, best hire ever. Because she knows how to coordinate all the things. Right. Um, uh, that is the one. And I tell people that if that's what you were doing, that's you put that as a job from yes. this date to this date, stay at home mom or CEO of household or what, however you want to list that. That is yes. that's the hardest job in the world. And I used to laugh before I became a mom about people. Who, oh, that's the hardest job in the world. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Then I became a mom and I went, holy shit, this is the hardest job in the world. Like, yes, like, yes, because you can't manage a four year old or a three year old or a five year old. My daughter's four right now, so I reference four year old. You can't actually manage them. I mean, in any no. way, it doesn't because their brain is not actually making any sense. Like, Mama, I want uh, milk. And then you give her milk and she goes, Mommy, I told you I wanted Gatorade. Well, no, you actually did. Fine, I'll get you Gatorade. Like, there is no, there is no rhyme or reason or sense. When it comes to, so all of the things that you have ever learned about trying to keep things coordinated and organized, throw it all out the window. It is complete and utter chaos in yes. all sense of the word all of the time. And if you get in a shower before your husband or significant other, or if, if you're a single mom, you might as well just drag her in the shower with you or him in the shower with you. Half the time my husband was, you know, just wearing shorts in the shower all the time. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're lucky because, hey, it is the hardest job in the world. Yes. And I only have one. So yes. there are people out there right now. My my recruiter, one of my recruiters that I work with, she's she has got five kids on vacation. Right. <laughs> That's not vacation. That's what someone says. It's like just living somewhere else. That's just because you're not on vacation. You're right. You're just like doing all the things you do at home, but you're right. doing it in a different location. Who said uh, there's there's um, vacation and I, I can't remember what the phrase was. Um, vacation and a trip. There's read the difference between a trip and a vacation. Oh, and yes. yes, and the a vacation or a trip is with your children and a vacation is without your mm -hmm. children. Yes. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So we are, like I said, at time we were, yes. yes. Okay. Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, um, to learn more about your business, more about your coaching services or, um, all of those things, how would they go about doing that? Um, they can go on my website, Barboala coach. It's easy to find. And I have a, um, a little link on there that you can click on it and then it emails me and we can set something up. I always, if you want to be a one-on-one -on -one client, always have at least a 30 minute discovery call, we call it. So then I can find out what it is that you're looking for and you can talk to me a little bit just to make sure we're a good fit. It's, it's the same thing I tell candidates when they're recruiting. It's like, this isn't all about us hiring you. You need to make sure you like it too. So. Um, so I do that. And um, if it's anybody that needs help with their HR, if they need to hire an HR person, I have done that many times. Hire, you know, I'll, I'll work in their HR for a little bit and then hire my replacement and move along. Um, same thing. Barb Walla coach. Yeah, you can, you can find me. Excellent. Barb, this has been such an amazing conversation. I, I adore yeah. talking with you. It's just, um, it's so much fun. Um, so again, thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. 
I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.